Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we are having conversations that matter for wherever the military has taken you. We're bringing you stories from real military spouses who not only understand the challenges, they are harnessing the opportunities to build lives they can love. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that will help you along your military life journey. Welcome everyone, this is Heather Campbell, and we're so thankful that you have joined us on the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we dive into the uniqueness of the military family journey by helping you build a life, a community, and a home you love when you are not in control of where you will call home next. Hey everyone, welcome back and happy spring. If you are listening to this episode, we are airing in the spring of 2023 and we are getting ready for PCS season. And for those of you who are not moving this year, enjoy staying in place, enjoy some stability, enjoy some normalcy in your life. And for those of you like me who are PCSing, welcome to the chaos. I feel like the last couple of years have been really, really crazy. And so I have my friend, Melissa Pasolero here with us today, and she is an expert in all things real estate. And she is going to help us, those of us who are PCSing this year, she's going to help us know what the heck we are supposed to be doing and planning for. So Melissa, thank you for being here. Please tell everyone listening a little bit about yourself. Hello. Hey, Heather. Thank you for having me. Like Heather said, my name is Melissa Pasolero. I actually live here. My husband was former Air Force, and now we are here and have settled down near Robbins Air Force Base in Robbins, Georgia. And I've been a realtor now for four years, which is unbelievable to me. It just has flown by, but I love it. It's been amazing to see how the real estate market has changed in the last couple of years. And so here we are. I'm here to tell you all about what it's looking like now. I know. I remember when you, you know, because we were here in Alaska, for all of you listeners, Melissa and I were here in Alaska, in this very remote, this remote place I call our base that I'm stationed at, a tiny base in a remote place, right? So I'm in this land far, far away, and we were mm-hmm. across the street neighbors, and she was such a dear friend to me. And we had little, little kids, and now our kids are in that school age and middle school age, and they're very, very busy. But I remember when you went back to work and saying, hey, I'm going to go and work in real estate. And this is this thing I'm going to do, which one was something you've never done before. But then two, it's such a good fit for your personality because you have such a caring heart and such a gift of hospitality and helping people feel welcome in your own home or in your own relationships and in your own community. So I love that this is what you're doing, but also like you started like two years before the pandemic and you've been doing this all the way through. So I feel like you have kind of had a a more chaotic start to this career than maybe most people uh, usually have. Yes, for sure. When I came into it, it was pretty steady, you know, kind of what I expected it to be. I'm going into real estate, but as soon as the pandemic hit, it was like hit the ground running. I mean, I don't even know what happened in the last two years, to be honest with you. It was just such a whirlwind. But now coming into 2023, things have changed a little bit. It's like the market is not slowing down necessarily, but it's leveling out back to kind of what it was when I started back in 2019. So there have been a few changes and um, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yes, I want to know all the things. So we are moving from Alaska to East Coast. We're moving to the Langley area, which is not only like crossing the country, but crossing the continent, right? I get to go from like way Mm -hmm. up here by the Arctic Circle, all the way through Canada, all the way across North America. And it can feel really intimidating when you're PCSing, whether you're PCSing just, you know, a couple of hours away or like me, a couple of time zones away. It's really intimidating to try to figure out the school and the, you know, the school and the church and the, who's the dentist and the, the new, you know, vet and the new car shop and all of those things. And some of those things are dependent on where you live. You know, you're looking for a school district for the kids or commute to the office. And I know East Coast, from what I'm picking up, 
can be really chaotic in that part of the country. So I'm encouraged to hear that it's leveling out because I feel like moving from, you know, the Alaska bush over to civilization again, I feel like it's totally chaos. But tell us a little bit, what are the changes that you're seeing in the market and this leveling out and sort of getting back to that regular tempo of buying and selling? Tell us a little bit about the changes that should be comforting to those of us who want to buy that aren't as crazy as what we've seen the last two years. So I'm sure, you know, anyone that has kind of kept an eye on real estate in the last couple of years have seen that it has just been madness. So for a buyer, it has been quite frustrating. So we've seen buyers that have had to pay over what the home is worth, pay cash, you know, at closing over what the home is worth and giving up on negotiations as far as repairs and then due diligence periods, which is your time in order to inspect, get the home inspected. Some buyers have had to give that up. And so there are a lot of things that we have in place to protect you as a buyer that buyers have had to give up just to get into a home. Okay. So knowing this, that we've seen in the past where buyers have been you know, paying cash out of pocket or doing those things, obviously as a military family, that's really concerning because we know for the most part, we're going to be in a place temporarily. It might even be a location we want to return to in career or even in retirement, but ultimately and, and it might not be a house that we want to turn into a rental, right? So if we're looking at buying and selling, the idea of buying something over its value and then knowing that I'm going to have to turn around and sell it, that's really scary. That's a lot of military families don't have the flexibility in their finances and in their mm-hmm. plans for their family to do something like that. So tell me sort of what we're seeing in the market that has shifted from that, that you know, we're not necessarily seeing all of these crazy things or people, you know, houses are going up and they've already got, you know, unofficial contracts going and and that sort of thing. Tell us why we shouldn't be scared of those things anymore and what's been changing in that side of the market. So because of all the changes that have happened and the slowdown, because what we are seeing now in interest rates has brought some of the buyers kind of out of competition we're seeing buyers now being able to have more time to shop around where that was not a thing before where you had to, because the inventory is low and it was low and it is still low actually, which is actually a good thing. They've had more time to look around and actually think and make a decision where before they not didn't necessarily have that opportunity to do that. You had to find a home you liked, get in there and get it before it was gone because of the multiple offer situation. But we're seeing less and less of multiple offers, especially if you're looking at homes in a higher price bracket. And then now you have time to actually sit and negotiate with the seller. Before, there are things in a contract cost called special stipulations. And before, in the past couple of years, you'll see that there were no special stipulations. Buyers could not ask for anything from a seller. Your financing contingency, your appraisal contingency could not be a thing if you wanted to get into this home. But now those are things we can now bring back for a buyer to help protect you. And that is really important when you're talking about buying a home. As far as a selling side, if you are needing to sell your home before you move, that's something that needs to be you know, in consideration as well, because you're going to need to prepare for a couple more things that you didn't necessarily have to before. So as far as selling, you're probably going to want to need a little more time because you know there aren't as many buyers out there looking. So you need that time to be able to allow to get under contract. The inventory is still low. So it is a good time to still sell. There are buyers out there, I promise you. It just might take a little bit longer to get under contract. And also things we need to prepare for are maybe in the last year, sellers never really had to worry about making any contributions towards 
buyer's closing costs, where now buyers are starting to ask now for closing cost assistance, which on the flip side, as a buyer, now you can ask a seller for closing cost assistance, where before that was not a thing. You had to be prepared to pay for all of your closing costs. So sorry, I keep on flipping back and forth, but you know they go hand in hand with buying and selling. But yes, so sellers might need to prepare for that, for buyers asking for that. And then also negotiating repairs. Now a seller is going to need to worry about buyers asking for help with repairs. On either side, there are positives and negatives, but you know, it definitely is a better time to buy now. Oh, that's so like encouraging to hear as somebody who, you know, very, very soon is going to be unhoused. I will no longer have a home here. And then I will maybe not have a home in my receiving location. So, you know, I guess by definition, when you have these long moves, you're kind of homeless for a couple of months or a couple of weeks. You're in limbo. Yeah, you're in this limbo of like, well, okay, I don't have an address. Let me Google, you know, you're, you're putting in gas in your car and you're like, wait, I don't remember... If I've updated my zip code, is it the new zip code? Is it, um, I know the mail will only hold for so many days and forward for a while. So we've had to forward mail like to my parents' house before and then forward it on to our address. So it's like, okay, wait, is it my old zip code, my parents' zip code, my new zip code? So um, very good to hear that there's some hope on the buying end for those of us who are needing to find new residences or those of us who even are staying in one location and looking to move from where they are, you know, maybe to a bigger house up. Mm-hmm. You know, get bigger, get smaller, those kinds of things. And before we talk more about the finance side of it, I want to pause. This is a perfect time to hear from today's episode sponsor, Navy Mutual. Trust is everything. For 140 years, Navy Mutual has been safeguarding your family and your future. Navy Mutual's financial strength and stability ensures they'll be there when you need them the most. They are there to provide members high quality, low cost life insurance and annuities, educate the military and uniform service community at large on matters of financial security, and to help members secure their earned survivor benefits. With commitment, competence, and character for Navy Mutual, it's all about trust. All right, everyone, welcome back again. Thank you to Navy Mutual for everything they do to support the Mill Housing Nation podcast. We cannot do what we do here at Mill Housing Nation to support you guys and to build this community without their help. Okay, Melissa, now let's talk about like the nitty gritty, scary parts of buying and selling, right? It feels kind of scary. Tell us what we need to know from a finance perspective. I know you kind of mentioned in the market changes, people who maybe are looking in that higher price bracket you remember from being a military spouse, like when you're on one income, you may or may not have spouse employment set up at your location or be in a season of a spouse not working. So when you're on a a fixed military income, we don't have a lot of flexibility to like work an extra job or, you know, we don't always have family that we can call and, and say, Hey, Nana, can I borrow, you know, this many dollars? So what about those of us who are in that season of this middle class fixed income, um, we really only have to work with what we have to work with. What are some of our best things to know going into buying or on the flip side, selling in the current market? So I think your most valuable asset is going to be finding a local lender in the place where you're going to be moving because they are going to be the most valuable resource for you. They're the ones that are going to get all the information from you, find out everything about your finances and let you know, even before starting house hunting, you know, they'll get all the numbers in and let you know, this is the price you're going to want to stay within to be com- to make sure that you remain comfortable. 
um, with whatever your mortgage is going to be, like they'll factor in any, any other expenses, incomes, all that, so that they know exactly where to start. And so in any process of buying or selling, the very first thing you're going to want to do is get a pre-approval letter. And so that will be that point where you find a local lender, get in touch with them, get that all set up and get your pre-approval even before you start house hunting. But I will say, if you are able to connect with someone where you're moving and find out, you know, get recommendations for realtors that they may have used that they've had good experiences with, that realtor can probably point you in the right direction of a wonderful local lender who can help you. And I keep on, you know, saying local lender, but it's so important because, you know, I know the home buying process can be so intimidating and overwhelming. But if you have a lender that you can physically call like their cell phone at any given moment, it makes such a huge difference in the process. So that's going to be a big thing there. I think that knowing this, knowing that we need a pre-approval letter and or not that we need it, but that it really helps like that helps give us those bargaining tools. And I love the idea of getting recommendations for a realtor to work with, because you know, as a veteran spouse, I know as a still current military spouse, like that military spouse network is strong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've even talked to leadership spouses all the way up to the highest levels to the joint chiefs. And I've had these spouses tell me like, we know that the spouse network is where it's at, right? So they're their husbands are getting briefed one thing as as four-star generals, right? And the spouses are asking us spouses about different things because even they know up to that level that like the spouse network is strong. So that is such a great recommendation to find somebody that you trust. Or, you know, maybe I know in the Air Force, we have a sponsor who is sort of in charge of being on the receiving end of your move and saying, oh, okay, incoming person to the unit here's what you need to know. I can answer questions about the area. So, you know, having your sponsor connect you with somebody that that can make those recommendations. That's such a good, just reminder that even when we're moving and we're going somewhere new, we're still not truly alone in the military community. We're all living this lifestyle or have lived this lifestyle as veterans. And we're all in this boat together and truly looking out for the best interests of the people in our community. Now, what about if you are, and this might be maybe something I should cover on a different day. But what if you don't love what your options are with that pre-approval letter, right? Like you, maybe the the numbers aren't where you want them to be, or I know we were looking and with the interest rates being so high currently, what our our range of purchasing would have been is now lower because of what the interest rate is going to be adding to our expense on our end of it. So what are some options that we have from a finance standpoint if we want to sort of stretch that a little bit, I've heard about buying down points or having a you know larger down payment. What have you seen with your buyers who have had some success in sort of finagling that number a little bit? And going back to finding that lender and shopping around too, because different lenders offer different things. And you're exactly right. There are things that we've been seeing with buying down points and, they're, and a lender will be the first person that can definitely explain all of that to you. And that's that's pretty much it. You know, as far as if you still want to buy, it's really a matter of you getting in touch with a lender who is able to work with your current situation and give you options. There are so many lenders that because they they see the situation that we're in and they want to help military families still be have the opportunity to get into a home. And so they're coming up with new programs all the time. And so if you can, and your local realtor that you get in touch with will be able to point you in the direction of several lenders that you can, you know, call around, shop around. It's, 
you know, if you talk to one lender and you don't necessarily think that they're a good fit or think that they can't give you or offer you something that will work with your family, there's nothing wrong with you calling another one saying, hey, this is our situation. Is there something that you offer that will be a good fit for us? I love that reminder to shop around because I always forget. And my husband has this mentality, um, which I guess serves him well in, in his current position, but find a way to yes. He says that all the time, like find a way to yes. And I'm like a black and white rule follower. And I'm like, well, the first person I asked said no. So and he's like, okay, ask someone else, find a way to yes, which my six-year-old daughter adopted that mindset from him. So she's super, <laughs> super fun to parent because she is all in on the find a way to yes. I'm pretty she's much dedicated. <laughs> yeah, she, determined. she's like, oh, like, we just have to find a way to yes. But, you know, I think sometimes in the military community, we get so used to hierarchy of decisions and, and, you know, taking the first answer and doing what we're told that we forget that things like shopping for a house, we can ask around, we can ask. For we a have options. And yeah, we have options because that's just not yeah. part of our daily routine. So thank mm-hmm. you for giving that reminder one to me and to, to, <laughs> to those of uh, the people who are listening, who are in the same boat that I am. And last question I have for you today, this will be kind of a fun one. What are like huge red flags, both for buying or for selling? What is something that if that came up, you'd be like, oh, you know, as a realtor, you need to talk to your, you know, your clients and be like, that's a red flag. We're gonna, we're gonna walk away. Like what are, what are some of the crazier things that you've seen? Oh gosh, that takes a minute to think about Heather. Just <laughs> because we've come across so many wild things in the past couple of years. Well, I think, okay, so sellers, in the past couple of years, because of how the market was moving so quickly and homes were going on the market, like within hours, sellers kind of got a little foiled, if we can say. And so they're kind of trying to acclimate into what our market looks like now. So we'll see sellers that will say, oh, okay, well, I, you know, where are all these people that are putting offers in on my home? They're coming. They're, we're making appointments. Cause before we would tell sellers like, Hey, you know, I just need you to be out during this weekend. We're going to have all the people come see your house and it'll be under contract. And it's just not happening now. So a red flag for a buyer would be a seller who's not really wanting to work with you because they're, they have such high expectations, you know, going into it now that, you know, would have been, reality before, but are not now. But if they're being difficult to start off with and then don't seem like they want to work with you or then that could be a red flag there. Trying to think of what other red flags there are. What about if if I am a seller and I'm working with a buyer, mm-hmm. what things should I keep an eye out for? You know, of like a hey, this might not be the buyer that we want to work with. This person is like, this is a red flag. We should probably just not entertain their offers. What what kind of things have you seen in the past couple of years? I know it was more of a seller's market, but we know that people people be crazy. So uh, what kinds okay. of things have you seen? Oh, buyers that there can be buyers that are wish like wishwashy. So, you know, they'll say, Hey, you know, I, you know, they'll go in for their initial appointment and then they'll come back and say, We're thinking about it. Or um, can we come see the house again? And they want to see it several more times, you know, after that. In this market for a seller, sometimes you know, that might just be a thing where if you don't have anybody else looking at the home, I mean, it is what it is, but sometimes there are looky lose too that just want to come and see your house and they're not really serious about. So if they don't have, which more often than not, they should have a pre-approval letter. If the realtor is doing what they're supposed to do before they come to see your home, they should have a pre-approval letter already. And most of the times we just trust that that realtors or that realtors already has that in place. 
but you know, it doesn't necessarily always happen. So, you know, if they're really interested, they will have that. And you might need to ask for that if it's not, if they're coming to see your house several times and they don't want to put an offer in. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Like those who are coming without, yeah. especially in this market, like if you're coming and you want to see my house multiple times and you don't have a pre-approval letter, like. That's yeah. a big no-no. Especially like, as, as a family, a uh, busy family with school-aged kids and multiple kids and crazy schedules, like trying to live in a quasi-staged home and showing it multiple times, like that's yeah. really stressful. So if you're wasting my it's time, an inconvenience. I'm not yeah. going to be super accommodating uh, after probably mm-hmm. the second or third visit if you don't even have a pre-approval letter. So yeah, that, that's a good one. Thank you. Well, any last tips or things that you want to make sure that people who are buying and selling in 2023 understand about the shifts in the market? Give us those last tips and then um, we will let our listeners go. I think we pretty much touched on everything. I mean, you really just want to get in touch with a good realtor who, and you can find an amazing realtor, even just going on Facebook or Googling, you know, you can see their Google business pages and then seeing their Facebook presence, their Instagram presence, you know, will tell you a lot about them, their personality. Are they going to be a good fit for you? And to see if they have a good relationship or have a good experience with working with military families. I know that we, myself, my team, three out of the four of us, you know, we're military spouses or are military spouses. And so we have a lot of experience with that. We even have our own military relocation packet that we give to our military families that has all of the information you can think of when moving here. So movie theaters to go to restaurants, to go to activities, to get your kids involved in. So I know how important it is to find a resource that can get you acclimated to the community as soon as you're here. Because I know moving is so overwhelming in and of itself. But when you get here and try to settle down, it's like, oh, now I have to live here. I have to find all the things to get my kids linked into you again or myself. Yeah, so that's going to be huge. Build a life. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, my, my spouse gets to go to work and he, <laughs> and you're doing all the things. He's usually here on, you know, household delivery day to, you know, we're checking the boxes, doing the things. But after that, like the responsibility of setting up our home, finding the dentist, finding the vet, getting the car from being shipped, you know, from overseas, getting the kids registered for school, getting sports physical, signing up for activities, all of those things that build a mm-hmm. life in the day-to-day routine. Um, those are my responsibilities. So I love that yeah. you guys give this relocation packet to these families to sort of help them know where to start. I think that's a really, really thoughtful thing and just shows how much that you have the heart of these families in mind when you're working with them. Okay, so quick recap. We know that our market is leveling off and that buyers can negotiate again and make sure that they are getting the best deal for their situation, for their timeline, for their family, and make sure that you are working with a local lender, getting that pre-approval letter, working and even asking around for different lenders and finding what the best option is for the needs of your family and also being aware of red flags or you know sellers that are not willing to negotiate Or if you are a seller, buyers that are being wishy-washy, you can still trust your intuition and your gut when it comes to situations like that. Thank you again, Melissa, for being here today. And for everyone listening, thank you for being here. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends. We appreciate any feedback and comments that you share with us as we support our military community. We appreciate you. And the Mill Housing Nation is where you will always have a community no matter where you are stationed.